Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast with your host, Jessica Lignato. So I got a great question, as I do. And after I answer this great question, I'm going to talk hella astrology, so stick around. Um, This question comes from Stuck in the Middle Libra. Thank you, Stuck in the Middle Libra, for giving me a kicky little name. And this is what Stuck in the Middle says. I am currently on the fence on whether to end my marriage or not. I'm not miserable, but I'm also not happy. If it weren't for my kids, I probably wouldn't stay. I try to read the signs, but get so confused. How do I know when it's over? Um, This is such a real question. It's such an important question because I work with countless people who are uh, partnered with children and not happy. And, you know, I think it's easy to say, stay together for the kids. I think it's easy to say, you know, staying together for the kids doesn't work. You, you need to be happy, you know, move on, but it's hard to do it. It's hard to, to know as stuck in the middle is saying what's right. It's hard to read the signs. It's hard to know, are we having a rough year? Are we just kind of off or is this wrong? Is this done? And you know, you can't just think of yourself when you have kids, It, it concerns the children. And you know, um, stuck in the middle did give me her birth date and time, but not her place. So I can't really pull up her chart, but I can look at where the planets are, um, for her. And so I can give a little astrological read to this, but before I do, let me say this when it's not a situation where you're miserable and you know, you have to get out and you, you're not happy and you're trying to determine whether or not you need to leave or, or stay the question that I want to encourage you to ask yourself, and you know what, this goes for really any kind of relationship, certainly a marriage. But the question I want to encourage you to ask yourself is, have I tried? Do I want to try? Because honestly, if you don't have feelings for someone anymore and you're just in it and you're going through the motions, that's really hard. Um, but relationships are really hard. And, you know, there's this fantasy that so many of us have that you get into a relationship and then you fall in love and then there's a ring and you get married and it's happily ever after. But there's no such thing as happily ever after in this life. You know, the truth of the matter is it's work being a person and it's work being in relationship with someone else. And then when you have children, you, your relationship completely changes. And what I've seen over and over again with people that I work with before they have kids is that most couples don't talk about what it's going to be like when you do have kids. When you're deciding to have children with someone, I think it's really wise to sit down and have a really kind of serious conversation and probably return to it a few times before you decide to get pregnant, if you do decide to get pregnant or adopt a kid or whatever, um, about what's the work share going to be like? What are the, realistically, what are the expectations about who's going to manage the house and how we're going to talk about schedules and all that kind of stuff? Because when you have kids, you have to collaborate on so many day-to-day details. And I think a lot of people are surprised at how much that changes a relationship. And, you know, I think that it's hard to have a sexy, romantic, spontaneous relationship 
long-term in general. And then when you throw kids in the mix, it gets that much harder. And when your partner becomes family, you know, first and foremost family to you, it's really tricky. It's really tricky to keep it kind of like light and tight as, as, as you will. Um, so here's my question. It's, are you trying? Have you tried? Have you talked to your partner? You know, if you still have a friendship with this person, I really recommend that you sit down and you talk to them and not say, I can't tell if I should leave you or not. That's not really productive. There's a great space between me telling you the truth of exactly what I'm thinking and me telling you the truth of exactly what I need you to hear, what I, what I want you to understand based on what I'm thinking. Because what you're telling me stuck in the middle is that you are not happy, right? And that your standards of living are confused, that you're not sure if you're supposed to want to be happy, if you deserve happy, if you get happy, or if your happiness is essential to your own life. I mean, that's really a core in your question. And, you know, self-care, blah, blah, blah. We could say, of course, you should want to be happy. But I know working with people that most people do not prioritize happiness in their choices. So it is confusing when faced with something like this, where there's nothing necessarily wrong um, to decide that you're going to risk everything, all the stability and the security that you have, and that you can theoretically provide for your kids. So sit down and talk to them. Ask them if they're happy. Ask them what they think the problems are and offer what you think the problems are. In fact, I'm going to give you an exercise. I'm going to give you an exercise of what to do with your partner because let me drop this gem on you stuck in the middle. Um, When we're in a relationship and we cannot agree on what the problem is, we will never agree on what the solution is. So if your partner's walking around being like, everything's chill, I'm totally fine, you know, it's not ecstatic, it's not, it's not the best we've ever been, but we're cool, then they're not working on things with you. And perhaps you're lying to them with the greatest of intentions and making them think everything is fine. Perhaps they just don't notice or care, or maybe they're just as unhappy as you are. And my advice with this is to sit down and if you're willing to have an honest conversation with them, sit across the table with paper and pen. Each of you have paper and pen. And you're going to write out a list. And the list is going to be, you're going to sit down, you're going to decide you're going to do this together. You're going to write down on one column what I think the biggest problems between us are, what I think the biggest problems in our relationship are. And then in the next column, what I think my partner thinks the biggest relationship problems are between us. This is very different because this is an exercise, first of all, in empathy, and second of all, in honesty. And without empathy and honesty, we can't have intimacy. And listen, maybe you need to leave this person. Maybe this is not meant to be for you. But in order to be right with yourself, you know, you need to know that you tried. You need to know that you did your best and that you came to the healthiest conclusion possible. And it's hard to do that without kind of due process. And so many of the times what we do is we evade due process because it's so scary. But the truth is, and and I really do believe this, is that it is far scarier to look back and wish you did it different than to rush through the difficult part or be sloppy through the difficult part with someone that you on some level love. And it does sound like on some level you love this person 
And, and I don't know exactly how I'm getting that from the words of your question, but that, that is how it feels to me in the way you've worded it. Um, so once you've both done your lists, you're going to sit and you're going to be patient for the other person to do it. And then you are going to share. And here's the rule. This is a really big rule. Nobody is allowed to defend or explain their position to the other person. So an example would be, you could say, I think the biggest problem between us is that you are always criticizing me. And my reaction to that might be, I'm not always criticizing you. That's wrong. But I'm not allowed to say that. I am allowed to say, how do you mean I'm always criticizing you? I am allowed to say, can you explain that? Or I'm having feelings about that, but I'm not going to talk about it. I want to learn more about what your experience is. This is not an exercise for processing. You are not allowed to process. In this exercise, what you're doing is you're figuring out how to clearly state what it is that you're experiencing as the problem between the two of you. And you're listening to what the other person is experiencing. And you're doing it from a place of empathy. You may decide through this process that it's not going to work, that you agree on what the problems are. Or worse, you don't agree on what the problems are. And you don't want to work on it or you can't work on it. That's possible. But it'll get you on the same team in coming to that decision at least. You might decide that actually there are things to be done. You might, you might find that by the process of kind of being interested in the other person and, and kind of collaborating, that it brings the two of you closer together. It aligns you with what you don't want to lose. And either way, regardless of what you find, it's worth seeking. It's worth seeking. It is really, you know, there's no, there's no easy way out of this, you know, either way, the way out is through. Way out is through. So this is my advice to you, stuck in the middle, is is to try this, to try to do this and try with an open heart, with all of your heart. Now, before I I kind of end this segment, I want to talk a little bit about what's happening with your planetary alignment. Because again, I don't have your full birth chart. Y'all, if you want me to look at your birth chart, I need the exact time of birth, the date of birth, including the year and the city and state or province of birth. So you are currently going through hell of shit. <laughs> and um, it is not surprising to me that you're really questioning your whole life, you know, let alone your marriage. And Saturn is squaring your natal Saturn and your sun, and Pluto is squaring itself. And in English, what this means, you are at a stage of development where you need to question your life and you need to prune out what is no longer kind of bearing fruit for you. And the downside of this is that all of your fears are up and you're in a real glasses half empty state. That's the downside. The upside is you're dealing with it. You're looking at it. You're asking the difficult questions. And that's what you're meant to do right now. You know, whenever we go through Saturn transits, like hard Saturn transits, I think, okay, it's winter time. There's, there's nothing, you know, you're not supposed to go spend all your time outside. You're not supposed to be out doing. It's kind of more of a like turning within and tending to yourself. It's, it's not about external stuff. It's about internal stuff. And this question is really about what is my truth? What is it that I want my life to be? And what am I willing to do to get my life where I want it to be? A part of that is, of course, what kind of responsibility do I need to take for my children? And this is, you know, it's wide open. When I look at your planetary alignment, when I look at your question, I kind of see the same thing. 
I don't see that it is bad for your kids to leave. And I don't see that it is bad for your kids to stay. I see that it is important for you to find your truth and to make a choice that you're not going to be resentful about. That's the key. And that resentment part is the Pluto part. When we are not honest with the people we care about, and when we don't tell them that we're compromising or that we're not happy with something, then it can feel like they're taking advantage of us, but they don't know what the boundary is. They don't know what's going on. And I think you've done some of that stuck in the middle with your partner. And when I say some, I mean a lot. And so I encourage you to really look at that because that's all yours and that'll follow you into any relationship you go into. This is a time where you can make deep and lasting changes if you're willing to do the work. And this is a difficult period, whether or not you do the work. So you might as well do the goddamn work. That is my advice. Um, I hope this was helpful. And of course, please share your thoughts and feels with me. Uh, You can at me at Jessica Lignato on social media everywhere. And also, of course, please send in your questions and, uh, you know, I hope you guys, I hope you guys are really well and that you're really nice to yourselves through the difficult stuff. It's a difficult time. Be nice to yourself. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Hey, welcome back to the Astrology Corner of Ghost of a Podcast. I'm going to be giving you your horoscope for September 2nd through the 8th of 2018. But before I do that, let me just talk a little bit more astrology. So Neptune. Neptune is the great spiritualizer, and it is going to feature in a meaningful way this week in, in what we're all experiencing. Neptune is the planet that governs spirituality. Um, so not religion, but spirituality, the sense of connection to something more, the sense of um, connection to your fellow human or to the earth or to all animals. It is a planet that is really about the ways in which we are one instead of the ways in which we are separated. It is high spirituality, high arts. And because of that, it can also be associated with idealism, um, the kind of idealism that either propels things forward or really throws them in the wrong direction. This planet is associated with disassociation. It's associated with the need to both check out and the compulsion to check out, you know, so there's a fine line sometimes between like, oh, I've had a rough day. I'm going to come home and watch a bunch of TV. Okay. That's super Neptunian. But that's very different from, you know, my life is burning down around me. And instead of being honest with myself about it and starting to unpack it and cope with it, I'm going to just watch, you know, 15 hours of TV. (laughs) So one is like an intentional choice as a coping mechanism. And another is kind of a default coping mechanism that actually doesn't help you to cope. It takes you away from your needs and the truth of your situation. And what's really important to kind of acknowledge here is that wars are waged in the name of God, right? People perpetrate really terrible things towards others and towards themselves in the name of spirituality or God. Now, arguably these things are not true God or true spirituality, but whatever. I'm not here to judge what motivates a person. I'm not here to judge how people relate to spirit. But I will say that we can convince ourselves of anything when we are heartfelt enough. We can convince ourselves of anything when we feel victimized. And that is another thing that Neptune governs, the sense of martyrdom, 
and victimization. And it is really important to be able to identify what it is that you are struggling with and against and to honor and nurture whatever sense of vulnerability you have around it or fear you have around it, but not let those feelings empower you to perpetrate cruelty towards others or towards yourself. When we do that, we really lose track of the gift of Neptune, which is interconnectedness, which is my fate rests in your hands, your fate rests in my hands. So let's treat us all really gently and with some compassion and kindness. It's really easy to not do that when you feel harmed by someone else. And when I refer to boundaries, I want to say that's really important. I am not trying to suggest that If someone is trying to take something from you or treat you really poorly, that you should just walk around being like, I bestow you with kindness. It's not a great way to handle things because then, you know, shitty people who don't care about that will just do shitty things and then you'll be on the floor suffering, right? But having a profound and meaningful, not a theoretical or analytical, but a real understanding of this can help you in life. And this is when people act out when they try to um, tamp you down or treat you like less than, what at core on a spiritual level is happening is they are unwell within themselves. This is a reflection of a sickness within the soul. And that does not mean you should you know, treat their person as like, oh, you're sick. I'm so sorry for you. That's not your job. But on a spiritual and psychological and emotional level, understanding that hurt people do hurtful things, that It is a a sickness of the soul to have a lack of empathy. And, you know, we're living in a highly politicized moment. And this is a time where major questions being asked of us all across societies and as individuals. And that's actually, you know, it's very uncomfortable. It's upsetting, but it's good because this is what we need for healing and for coming into clarity instead of allowing ourselves to have this pretty ideal of what society is or, you know, I'm okay because, um, you know, we're looking at, okay, I'm okay because, and also X, Y, and Z is not okay about me. And I want to bring it to a place of, okay, that is, that's actually fantastic as difficult as it is. But the risk is that we err on the side of too much thought. We justify our feelings in such a way that we create an ironclad story that allows us to not really be empathetic to ourselves or to others, because that's really how we got here to begin with. Guys, y'alls, that's how we got here to begin with. It is important to be able to truly hold how we are in this together. There is no, there's no you without me. There just isn't. And that includes the yous that, you know, are my enemies or my frenemies or my besties. It's all of us. We're all in this together. And so when you're having to engage with someone either uh, personally at work or when we're looking at systemic societal issues coming at you with basically an assumption that you are less than them or that you deserve less than them, it is important to not internalize this sickness in them, this unwellness or imbalance in them as a reflection of an imbalance in you, right? It's really important to be able to understand that when someone acts wrong, that's a reflection of something wrong with them. It's not a reflection of you deserve it. Now, hey, maybe maybe you're shitty. Maybe you've done something shitty. Maybe you deserve to get checked 
that's possible. I'm not trying to say you're perfect because I don't know. You might not be perfect because really no one is perfect. And we are all somebody's bad guy. We all hurt people. And so being able to look with humility at, well, what is my part in this is a really healthy thing. Feeling like you deserve being treated badly, that's what's not healthy. And this is a boundary, right? And connected to this boundary, what I want to suggest is when you are disassociated, when you are checked out, when you are unwilling to look at difficult things, whether it's in your personal life or in the world at large, you become unreliable and you are unreliable to yourself as well as to others. So on a personal level is experienced as anxiety. It's experienced as this kind of emotional and psychological kind of stress that you can't quite put your finger on. It's this, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going to come next. I don't know why I feel this way. And often, you know, and I'm not talking about clinical anxiety or clinical disassociative uh, disorders, because that is not what I'm equipped to talk about. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like day-to-day life is hard stuff. But When we are in that state where we don't know why we're stressed or we're just like, I have all these feelings and I don't know where they're coming from, chances are very high that you're disassociating from something that really desperately needs your care and attention. And so if you can sit down with yourself and just be really honest, you know, I'm a list maker. I'm going to always tell you to make a list, but there's lots of ways of doing this. You don't have to do it with a list, but sit down and write a list or get real with yourself about what it is that is actively stressing you out what it is that you have to do or you believe you have to do that you are not doing or that you're kind of doing. If you can do this, it is a form of self-care because when self-care is just bubble baths and like someone braiding your hair, it doesn't actually, it basically is meant to give you the energy that you need to go forth and do the real work, to do the thing. And life isn't meant to be all work. No, it isn't. It really isn't. Slash if you don't do the work, it's hard to get to the fun parts and the delicious parts and the parts where you get a real break. So that's my little astro pep talk for you. Study astrology to learn more. Also cultivate empathy and kindness and patience and healthy boundaries, because it's really hard to be truly kind when you don't have clear and healthy boundaries, not to yourself and not to others. So that said, let me give you your horoscope, my friends. Mercury is all over the place this week, all over the place. Don't worry, it's not retrograde. It's it's marching along in the direction we want it to be marching in. On September the 3rd, we have a really chill Mercury sextile to Venus. And this transit, it's lovely, it's sweet. You're, you're probably not gonna notice it too much. If you're doing creative work, this will give you a nice little, a little push, a little supportive energy that will help you to enjoy what you're doing or have a greater sense of flow. This is a great time for socializing or connecting with people. You might just have a nice minute on social media with someone. I mean, it's a pretty chill transit, but it's lovely. On the 5th, Mercury moves into Virgo. And depending on your nature, this is fantastic news or kind of annoying, but I love Mercury in Virgo. Mercury likes to be in the sign of Virgo. And so what this means in English is that this is a great moment for you to uh, really figure things out, to look at things critically. Yes, that's what I said. Look at them critically. So use discernment, not tear it apart. Using discernment requires that you have a central sense of truth 
that you're referring back to so that you can discern whether or not a thing reflects that truth. This is where it's easy with Virgo energy to get caught up in judgment. Judgment comes from a knee-jerk reaction. It comes from not feeling entitled to your own perspective. You have to defend that perspective or force feed that perspective. But with Virgo, the potential here is to have real discernment where you can evaluate what is authentic and real for you and what is not, not what is good or bad or best, right? Because that gets into judgy stuff. And, and that actually, it just makes life harder to live. It really does. On the sixth, Mercury will trine Uranus. And this is so great for figuring things out. This is an energy of invention and openness. And it's great time for meeting new people and having conversations that you maybe were a little intimidated to have because Uranus's energy is open to new ways of seeing things and new ways of processing through things. And it can be a really kind of fast tempo to this day. I mean, you'll feel each of these transits for a couple of days, but the transits are exact on the dates I'm giving you. Pay attention to what you're thinking because the upshot of these couple few days is that there is going to be a great flow to your thoughts and to the tempo of how you connect with others and how you process data. So if you're having a really hard time, there may be something in your own dial and habits around how you process information and how you communicate with others that really needs attention because this is a time of flow. So when you have something that is not fantastic for you and it's flowing, that sucks. Okay. And that brings us to the seventh. And on the seventh, Mercury will be trining Saturn. Fantastic transit for cultivating um, kind of plans, right? A sense of this is what is good for me to do and I'm going to do it, or this is what I have to get done. And this is how I'm going to execute those plans. This is a really fantastic transit for cultivating mental stability to make plans that you can activate either now or moving forward. But of course there's a but, of course there's a but. Here's the but. On the same date, the sun will sit opposite Neptune. So the sun and Virgo will sit opposite Neptune and Pisces. And this, this can be really a, a difficult transit. So we have all this mental energy building up through the week. Mercury is mental. And we have all this mental energy. So everyone's in their head and it's working and it's flowing. And then boom, the sun sits opposite Neptune. And what that's meant to do is to confront you with what you don't know. And most people experience a sense of anxiety and upset around that. And if your mind is already buzzing and if you're finding like, okay, well, analyzing things and figuring things out and making plans is what will help me, then you may try to do that around the state. And I'm afraid it's just not going to work. This is a period where you're going to really want to slow down. No, I said that wrong. You're not going to want to slow down, but my advice is to slow down. It's to breathe. Seriously. You know, it sounds too simple, but you're a human in a body and the body requires a lot of breathing. It requires breath. Just breathe. Um, make an effort to drink buckets of water around the state. Make an effort to be really mindful about the food you put in your body and the people that you choose to hang out with and the kind of thoughts that you choose to invest in and the media that you choose to consume. Because when you have a sense of agency and you simplify your actions and choices to better reflect what is healthy and good for you, then this becomes a, not an uh, anxiety producing transit, but instead it becomes a transit 
where you really get to access something within your own spirituality or within your own kind of anxiety body, if you will. And this is not, you know, I mean, it's not a great transit. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't sound fun to me. I don't love it when sun sits opposite Neptune because I'm a Capricorn and I like things to kind of move in a nice straight line. But that's not what this is going to be. This is going to be a time where you can learn about your relationship to anxiety. But in order to really learn about it so that you can use that information, you have to be able to be present with it. And so, you know, I I say to people all the time, be present with your difficult feelings, be present with grief, be present with anxiety, be present with uncertainty. And I get DMs from people all day long being like, well, I am doing that, but it feels bad. I must be doing it wrong. No, that's not, that's not it. You're doing it right. Um, Being present with anxiety means feeling anxious, but it also means not trying to fix that anxiety by figuring it out, right? Don't fix the anxiety breathe and be present with it. Now, again, I'm not speaking to clinical anxiety, right? I'm just speaking to like day-to-day life is hard anxiety, which most people have at least some of the time. Life is filled with media to distract. This is a really wonderful couple few days for you to take a break from media if you can, um, or limit media, or be a little bit more intentional about what you're looking at. Because honestly, if you're just looking at things that are kind of mean and petty all day long, trust that that seeps in. And it's funny and it's fun, but it seeps in. Make sure that you're consuming media that helps you to be comfortable in your own skin, that, you know, reflects your skin, that reflects what is true and real for you on a spiritual level that reflects your values. And if you can't do that, or if you don't want to do that, that's interesting. Be interested in that. You know what I mean, guys? You know what I mean? Neptune responds well to a sense of calling. If you have a sense of calling, some sort of reason that you get up in the morning, align with that. And if you don't, if you don't have that, find it. Find it, find it just a a, a short-term one, a little band-aid one will do. That could look like, I really want to, you know, meet a cat on the streets. It could look like, I really want to set the intention that I am going to be nice to people, make eye contact with them, strangers on the street today. I'm just going to do this as an experiment and see how it feels. Like it doesn't have to be world peace or like figuring out your career. It can be something incredibly small, but set it as a sense of calling, you know, something that, that is pulling you and that you're willing to show up for and see how that feels. Experiment with it. Okay. Okay. Talk to you next week. Bye. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here.